If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms chapter 91. And I'm going to continue on this series about your position. Your position is vital. You know, uh, th- this all stemmed out of a series I finished, uh, you know, uh, a few weeks back from a scripture found in Acts chapter 11. Where Barnabas is speaking and he says, makes a statement, he says, he says it said when he saw the, the grace of God and he saw what God was doing there, it said he continuously stood up and he encouraged them for, for them to cleave unto the Lord, be faithful to the Lord and devoted the Lord with the purpose of heart. And so the Lord just kept speaking to me about this scripture and saying, your position, your relationship with God is the most important thing that you'll ever develop. Understanding this position with the Lord. And, and so a couple of weeks back, we started this series on your position. And this first position that we've been dealing with is your position in the secret place. Yeah. Say this with my position, my position. in the secret place. Moses writes in Psalm 91, it says, He who dwells in the secret place, he who lives in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We translated that scripture like this. He who lives in the secret place shall sit down and remain in the presence of him who does the impossible. And see, see, this, this is a place that wasn't meant just for Moses. This, this was a place that was designed... For every single creation, every single man and woman ever created, there is this place, this position set aside for you and for me. You know, even thinking about Moses, Moses said, said to God, show me your glory. And, 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 and he said, he goes, well, I, I, I'll let you see my back parts. And he, and he says, well, well, he goes, there's a place by me. God told me, there's a place by me. See, there, there is a place set aside for every single one of God's children. And it's a place found in His presence. This was a place when, when, when they were overwhelmed, when they were hurting, when they didn't know what to do, when they didn't know the next step, they didn't know the next decision. What would, what would Daniel do? What would David do? Moses do? What, what, would, what would Noah do? What would Enoch do? They all had this aspect. They knew to go to this specific position. There was this position in the secret place. Jesus, his life was spent in this position called the secret place. You know, there was this this aspect of of when I don't know what to do, there's a place I can go. You know, I I think of, uh, I believe it's Psalm 63, when David makes a statement and he says, he says, oh God, my God, earnestly will I seek you. Earnestly, meaning passionately, with all my heart will I seek you. He says, my inner self thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. Now, what, in a dry and weary land. Where no water is. Meaning there's this, there's this place that when I'm dry and I'm weary. When I'm, when I'm desperate. When I'm, needing, when I'm needing something to refresh me. When I'm needing something to strengthen me. When I'm needing something to empower me. There's this place that I can go. You, you, if you're out in the world. You know you can, you can get the, the world and everything that's happening in the world can really can frustrate you. It can zap your energy. It can, people you work with can zap your energy. They can, they can totally discourage you. It can, people can pressure you. And you can face so many things in day-to-day life. And it can be what David was saying in a dry and weary land where there's no water. 
Meaning everywhere I'm going and, and things I'm facing, there's no refreshing. He, said, he says, but there's one thing. He said, I go to the sanctuary. He goes, as I, as I look on you in the sanctuary, meaning, yes, when I'm out there, yes, I, I'm dry and weary. But as I look on you in the sanctuary, I go to look on you in the sanctuary to see your power and your, and your glory. You know, so, so there was this understanding, there was this, this understanding in the Old Testament, those that went before us about this secret place, this place of God's presence. If I could just get to God's house. If, and you know, when we see in the Old Testament, his courts or his temple, his sanctuary, his glory, and these different things, it all represents coming to a place and taking your position in God. Now, this was under the Old Testament. How much more... Knowing that Jesus provided everything that would satisfy our lives. There's nothing in this natural world that will bring you contentment, bring you peace, or bring you joy except a personal relationship with Jesus. Now, there's some things out there that can give you temporary satisfaction, temporary contentment, temporary joy... Temporary peace, but there's nothing like my Jesus. And to know what Jesus has done, Jesus, it says, it says that we were brought near by the blood of Jesus. It says that through him, through Jesus, we have access to the Father. Wow. See, Jesus came to bring us this position so we could have access with the Father. Access with the Father. Your position in the secret place. Jesus provided access for every single one of us. Let's let's look at Hebrews chapter 4 real quick. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 it says... Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us lay hold, let us lay fast hold of our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of what? You see, so when you don't know what direction to go, when you don't know what decision to make, when you're hurting, when you're overwhelmed, when you're pressured emotionally, you have to understand there's a position that's been provided for you. It says, Jesus, the Son of God, who's already passed into the heavens. So Jesus gave us the ability to come boldly to the throne of grace. To obtain mercy in our time of need. You see, there's a position that every single one of us have been given. My question to you, are you in your position? You know, last week we, we started talking about what is this secret place all about? Because really, you know, it sounds super spiritual. Oh, let's get in the secret place. Oh, the secret place. But what is this secret place all about? Because, because a lot of times either... 
Thank you, Father. Because Jesus provided a place for us. And he gave us the Holy Spirit. And he wants us to be able to walk through this life the way he walked through this life. And so what is this secret place all about? It is a place of prayer. You know, and I talked about this a little bit last week. I may review some things before I get into some other things. But understanding this place of prayer, when I, when I first heard about people talking about prayer and talking about praying, I was like, I didn't know what it was. I, I didn't pray because, I, one, I didn't know how, and I didn't pray because I thought it was boring. I didn't pray because I thought it was for the more experienced people in the church. I didn't pray because, because I didn't feel like I had a calling to pray. I felt like that had to be something that you're, you're, you're called to intercession. And you're called to, you know, to be a prayer. And you're called to do these things. But, but I didn't understand that this was... There's not an there's not a office in ministry that Jesus provided the church is the office of prayer. There's not. All of us. Every single one of us are called to a place of prayer. And for me, it, it was difficult starting because I didn't know how. And because I didn't know how, I, I didn't want to do it wrong. And, and so because I didn't know how to do it or I thought it was boring. And, 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 I, and honestly, when I tried to pray, I'd fall asleep. I think of the story of, of Dr. Savell about praying. And, and he said, I'm going to pray for Kenneth Copeland every day for an hour. I'm going to, I don't have anything else to sew, but I'm going to pray for Kenneth Copeland an hour every day. And, and so he started doing that. And, 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 and so he would go into the guest bedroom and he'd lay down and he'd fall asleep. And finally, he, had to, he, he would get to the place where he was getting frustrated. So he'd stand on the edge of the bathtub and pray. Because if I fall asleep now, I'm, I'm in trouble, you know. And, but honest, we have to just be honest with ourselves. Asking ourselves, well, why, why don't I pray? And for me, it was, it was something of, well, I don't know how to talk to God. And, and, and not understanding what is at the root of prayer. And, and as the Lord directs, we'll get into some different things about the different types of prayer. But first, we need to be totally consumed with understanding what prayer is. And, and, and to see that, in the, in the Greek, the word for prayer is a word, and I'm probably not saying it right, but it's prosuke. And so, so even if we look at the first several letters, pro, P-R-O-S, the word P-R-O-S in the Greek means to come near. It means to turn aside. It means to approach. It means to come by the side of. It, it, it's, and so when I just look at the root word of what the word prayer in the Greek means, it means all, it's all about partnering with someone. Prayer is, is not talking to God, it is talking with God. It's, it's communing with God. It is a dialogue, not a monologue. It's, it's me talking to God and God talking to me. When you look throughout the Old Testament, it wasn't someone necessarily getting down on their knees, although that's a, that's a posture of being reverent, as a posture of receiving. And so they would get down on their knees. Like take for Abraham, for instance. He's praying over the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. And what happens is he's not asking God to necessarily just save the nation, but he's having a conversation with God about saving the city. He's saying, if there's 50 righteous, then spare them. If there's 40 righteous, spare them. And God and him are having a conversation. It's not just him, okay, Lord, bless Sodom and Gomorrah, amen. 
No, there's this relationship that's going on. And I could take you throughout the Old Testament and show that prayer was about communion with God. It's about fellowship. It's, it's about joint interests. It's about sharing one's heart. And so, so understanding is, is prayer is not about me just rattling a bunch of things off to God. But no, it's about it's about. It's about communion with him. So this secret place is not just a a place where I hang out and I don't do anything. This is a place where I build my relationship with God. Amen? So understanding this aspect of prayer. Prayer is more about your position with God than necessarily is about the words coming out of your mouth. Prayer is, prayer is, uh, is uh, prayer, powerful prayer is birthed out of a personal relationship with God. Ordinary men didn't become extraordinary just because they prayed extraordinary prayers. No, ordinary men prayed extraordinary prayers because of an extraordinary relationship with God. This, this, this Christian walk, as I said, it's not about, hey, I, I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. No, it's about what God had originally designed from the very beginning when he created Adam and Eve. And that was a relationship. Yes. When Adam and Eve were in the garden and God had said, in Genesis chapter 2, it says, and this was the history of how the earth was created. And it goes through and it says, God and God made Adam. And then out of that, it said that he put Adam in a garden. And there he, he told Adam what to eat from and what not to eat from. What? That's communication. That's communion. And then, then God starts taking animals and forming them. And God's not the one that names them. God takes the animals, brings them before Adam to see what Adam would call them. So this is the very first example. In Genesis 2, we see... Of prayer in this communion with God. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So this other part of the word, now get into this prosuke. The, the other part of that word is to worship. It's to ask. It's to make a request. It's to express a desire. It's to call upon. So if we look at the word prayer in the Greek, it means to, to turn towards. It means to come near to worship. It means to come near to ask, come near to make a request, to approach to express a desire, to come near and call upon. You know, as I was, uh, we're, Annette and I, we were driving back, uh, driving to Austin and on the way back to see our son and celebrate his birthday and, and everything. And, and I, I was just praying over just what the Lord wanted me to share this week. And because and, I already had some things in my heart and just kind of just praying things out and and just saying, Lord, what, what, where are we at concerning this, this prayer in, in this secret place? And he made a statement to me, and he, he said this. He goes, Justin, I'm everywhere. I'm driving, and I'm listening, and, 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 and he's just speaking. He says, Justin, I'm everywhere. And, I, and I'm, I'm driving a little bit farther. He goes, Justin, I'm everywhere. And I'm driving, Justin, I'm everywhere. He goes, so why do my people limit me? Justin, I'm everywhere. Go, go to Psalms 139. 
Psalms 139, verse 7. I'm going to read the Amplified. It says, says, where could I go from your spirit? Or where could I flee from your presence? If I ascend up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in the place of the dead, make my bed in the place of the dead, behold, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning or dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall your hand lead me and your right hand shall guide me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the night shall be the only light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from you. Even the darkness hides nothing from you, but the night shines as the day. Darkness and the light are both alike to you. So here, God, God says this, where could you go from my presence? Where could you flee? If you go here, I'm there. If you go there, I'm there. If you're in the midst of darkness, I'm there. If you're in the midst of light, I'm there. It means it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're facing. I am there. He goes, Justin, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. The most Muslim nation, the most closed nation to the gospel. He's like, I am there. I am there. And so people have this idea, well, well, if God is everywhere, and if God is everywhere, then how come all these different things happen around the world? And, and this is something I learned years ago, that God does not show up where he's needed. He shows up where people seek after him. God's not, God's not moved where, where he's needed. He's moved where he's sought after, where, where people are turning towards him, where people are approaching him, where people are calling on his name, where people, because God responds to faith. He said, Justin, I'm everywhere. You know, I, I think about a scripture I brought up last week in Matthew 21. And, and Josh, when, when, God, when Jesus goes into the temple and he, he t- has, a, has a whip and he kicks over things and he knocks over the tables and he knocks over the money changers and he, knock, and he, and he chases out the people selling doves and, and everything. And, and my, my thought was, man, why did he do that? Or what was going on? And, and I had this mindset of, of well, be, just because they, they weren't doing things correctly. That's true. But really what came down to is a place that should have been a place of prayer had become a place that was void of God. Yeah. You know, what happened was, is, is Jesus had to knock over the tables because there was no longer an awareness of God there. This place that was supposed to be filled with God, a place where people could find God, no longer, no longer was God sensed there. So Jesus had to make a change. And so understanding that he is everywhere. The question this morning is, are you inviting him in? Are you inviting him into your life? Because prayer is, 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 is coming near to him and inviting him in right in the middle of wherever you are. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's just looking for someone to invite him in, Joyce. He's looking for someone that will invite him into their life, invite them into their trouble, invite them into their pressure, invite them into their hurt. He's everywhere. Prayer is about inviting him into the middle of wherever you are. And it could be in the middle of Walmart. It could be in the middle of Dillard's. It could be, it could be pumping gas, wherever. It doesn't matter where your secret place might be. It's just knowing that my secret place is about prayer. And my prayer is about, about coming, is, is about drawing near and about calling on him and inviting him in. Amen. Go to Psalm 61, I believe it is. 
Psalm 61. Thank you, Father. Psalm 61, verse 1, David says, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto you. Now, here in these two verses, we see two words that are the same, the word cry. Hear my cry. This word cry means, it means a proclamation, it means a shout. Hear my shout, O God. Attend unto my prayer. Regard my prayer or hearken to, listen to the things that are coming out of, of my mouth. Verse 2 says, from the end of the earth will I cry unto you. Now, this phrase, from the end of the earth... See, back this time, they, they, they didn't know from the end of the earth, what would that mean for David? What would that mean for King David? What, what would that mean to someone like him that didn't know what we might know about the earth today? From the end of the earth, I will cry, upon, cry unto thee. What he means here is from the end of the earth means wherever I am and whenever I am. That's what this, 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 this phrase symbolizes. From the end of the earth means wherever I am and whenever I am. Meaning no matter where I'm at and no matter what time of day, I'm going to cry unto you. But the word cry here means to summons or to invite. So when he says from the end of the earth, meaning wherever I am and whenever I am, I'm going to invite you in. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Now listen to that. Wherever I am, I'm going to invite the Lord. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to that rock that is higher than my, me. Re- lead me to the rock. Place me on the rock that is higher than me. Set me in a secure place. When I'm overwhelmed, when my heart is overwhelmed, no matter where I'm at, no matter what time of day it is, I'm going to invite you into my situation. And as I invite you into this, my, the situation, my expectation is you're going to set me on upon a rock that is higher than me. For you have been my shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. Now listen, I will abide in the tabernacle forever. I will sit down and remain in the secret place forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. So here, no matter where he's at or what he's going through... His heart is, David's heart is, I'm going to invite you in. I'm going to invite you in. As I invite you in, you're going to be a rock to me. You know what? And I'm going to abide in your tabernacle forever. Calling upon him, inviting him in. Now, as I was preparing, the Lord reminded me, and some of you may have heard, you know, my story. Some of you may have not. But in January 23rd of 19... Uh, uh, 1993, I I had a a lung disorder at the time. I was working at a liquor store, Um, didn't have a whole lot of future, didn't have a a whole lot of hope going on, didn't have a whole lot of life going on. And uh, here I I am, I've got this report that I could be on oxygen for the rest of my life. And all these things are going on, things are going through my head. And I remember being on my sister's couch and, and uh, was not, as you can tell, I wasn't serving God at the time and nor was God real to me at the time. I, I grew up in church, but yet he was never real to me. But in that moment, 
when I was in my sister's living room with a, with a high fever, I couldn't see straight, my head was pounding, um, I couldn't breathe, and I'm laying there, and, and all of a sudden, I cry out to God. And I said, God, if you're real, I need you. And, and, and I, feel, I would say it again, and all of a sudden, I heard a voice said, tell me you love me. And so I started saying, I love you. I love you, I love you, and then I'm like, man, this is crazy. I'm hearing things, I'm talking to myself, this is nuts, this is, where is this going? You know, what's, give me another drink, um, something, you know, um, this is weird. And, and so I'm laying there, but, but what I didn't realize was going on is as I was going through, going through this, the Lord was ministering to, that I gave him the permission, I invited him to where I was. And, and I heard that voice again, and, 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 and he said, turn away from the TV. So it was a sectional couch, and I turned away from the TV, and I'm, I'm looking at the couch, and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm crying out more. Well, I cried out more, and the Lord told me to turn away from the TV and, and, and tell me you love me and don't stop. And I started saying, I love you, 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 I love you. I don't know how long I did it, but it went from I love you to I love you, Lord. 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 And then something came on me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. You could wring my clothes out from sweat, from my fever breaking. All of a sudden, I could breathe. And I I didn't know anything about dancing before the Lord, but I did it. Because something happened that I couldn't deny, something happened that no one could talk me out of, something happened in my life. And I think of David, it says, wherever I am, I'm going to invite you. In. And what, what it was happening, it wasn't, it wasn't I was praying to God because I was in trouble. There was a seriously, there was a, because a lot of times that's the only time people pray is when they're in trouble, Right? I'm the only one that did that most of my life, right? And, and so, so there was this, this idea of, of there was something in me that was like, I need something more than whatever I've ever had in my life, more than what any drink could provide for me, any cigarette, any drug that could provide for me. There's something I need. And so, the, so there was something in me that was saying, I need something more. And so when the Lord told me I was driving and he said, he goes, he goes Justin, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. I was at that small apartment of your sisters. All because you invited me. And it it wasn't me praying, God, heal me. We had a conversation. He told me something back. Tell me you love me. Wasn't just asking God to do this and do that. You know what? And if, if you heal me, then you know what? Then, you know, I'll start going to church. It wasn't, it wasn't vows. I, it wasn't some sort of let's make a deal, God. It was, it was something in me was I'm ready for a change in my life. And that desperation for a change came out of my mouth saying, God, if you're real, I need you. And he responded. Prayer, secret place, is, uh, is about a place of prayer. And a place of prayer is about drawing near to him and inviting him in right in the middle of where you are. He said this to me. He said, Justin, I'm everywhere. I want my people. 
I want all my creation to invite me in no matter what season they're in and no matter what circumstance they're in. It's not about waiting to become better to become a prayer. An outflow of a life of prayer will perfect every area of your life. It will change, an an outworking of a life in the secret place, in a life of just communing and getting close to God will perfect everything that concerns you. Because your life isn't focusing on, because your mind's not focusing on what you need. It's focusing on Him. In every season, in every circumstance, invite me in. Say that with me. Invite him in. In every season. Every circumstance. Invite him in. You know, let's, let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Jesus gave us access to the Father. And prayer is the avenue that that relationship flows through. Prayer is not something you check off your religious agenda, but prayer is the avenue in which God flows in the earth. Prayer is about our continual connection with heaven. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6. Thank you, Father. Verse 18, the Amplified says, Pray at all times. On every occasion, in every season, in the spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To the end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding behalf of all the saints. I think pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit, with all manner of prayer. Now, I'm not going to get into all manner of prayer or praying in the spirit right now. This is, I'm depositing the heart of prayer. It's about praying at all times, in every season. That's what David was saying in Psalm 61. To the ends of the earth, wherever I am and whenever I am, I'm going to invite God right in the middle of wherever I'm at. And here, pray at all times. Invite God in at all times, on every occasion, in every season. Pray. Come near, approach, come alongside of, and invite Him in at all times, in every season, in every occasion. Amen? Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I love this. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. Now, a lot of times when I would read scripture, and there'd be certain scriptures that didn't really make sense to me, I would kind of just like go by them. Because I didn't, I was like, it doesn't make sense. You go from rejoice always, and again I say rejoice, to let your moderation be known to all men, the Lord is at hand. I mean, I'm like, how does this work together? Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And then you read in the next word, let your moderation be known. What moderation? What are you talking about? I don't get it. 
See, I, I just, when I read the word, I just reel with God because, God, I don't understand this. Can you help me with this? Because it's not making sense right now. And so here, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So, so Paul, is, this is something that Paul was continually communicating to them. Meaning no matter whatever season you're in, no matter what you're going through, hey, rejoice. Praise God. Spin up, spin around, turn, stand up, turn around, sit down, whatever. Praise the Lord. Do your happy dance. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And here Paul is writing this from prison. The audacity for a minister to write from prison to tell me to rejoice. You're like, well, yeah, that church, all they want to do is get my hopes up. They don't understand what I'm going through. When you're going through it is when you need it. The very time when you don't feel like it is the very time you need to do it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Always is in every season, on every occasion. And again, I say rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. So, so there's something that has to be going on. See, rejoicing, and again, I say it's about your position. This is about your position. That, that even though Paul's in prison, my position is still in the secret place. Even though my position might be, you beat my back, you, I've been shipwrecked, I've been left for dead. My position still is, I'm going to pray at all times. My position is still going to be, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Now this word, let, let all men know your, I missed my place there. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Now this word, rejoice in the Lord, and again I say rejoice. Then he says, let your moderation let your moderation means let your lifestyle and the way that you live be known to all men. Let, meaning, let your, the way that you do things be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Now, okay, what, what does this, the phrase, the Lord is at hand, mean? The word hand is our, the word that we would get ally or allied with. The Lord is at hand, meaning, meaning, hey, why am I going to rejoice in the Lord in the midst of being in prison? Why am I going to tell you to keep rejoicing? Why? So and then he says, let everyone see your life in the way that you live. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. Let people see you rejoicing in the midst of your prison. Let people see you rejoice in the midst of your pressure. Let people see this. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. I mean, why can you rejoice when you shouldn't be rejoicing? Why? Because the Lord is my ally. And he, the Lord, he's the ally that's with me. He's on my side. See, a life of prayer is inviting him in. And so when he says rejoice in the Lord, and again I say rejoice, Paul is saying invite him into the midst of, of, of your prison. Invite him into the midst of your hurt. Invite him in the midst of, of the things you can't make sense. Invite him in. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. Why? Because the Lord is on your side. He is your ally. The Lord is at hand. It's kind of like you, you, you going before something and all of a sudden you've got this huge giant behind you. You're walking and yet God is behind you. He's your ally. He's with you. And you're walking through your storm. You're walking through your circumstance. You're walking through whatever you might be going through. The Lord is at hand. How, the Lord is at hand. So what? Be careful for nothing. Because I know the Lord is my ally... And he is allied with me. Another word for allied means he's united with me. 
Someone that's an ally with you is someone that you're united with. So when he says the Lord is at hand, he's saying you're united with the Lord. So be careful for nothing. Don't be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made be known unto God. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praying at all times, in every season, and on every occasion. Be careful for nothing, but in everything. Yeah. In everything. Amplified says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance, and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests, with thanksgiving, continue, continue, continue to make your wants known unto God. It's not, about, it's not begging God, but it's about united with God and leaning toward God and inviting him in to wherever you are right now. Amen? Thank you, Father. There's two main reasons on why we pray. Number one is communion with God. And the second, to get results. Pretty simple, right? Why do you pray? It's communion with God. And the second is to get results. See, when you invite him into your life, it allows him to manifest himself. What did Jesus say? And we dealt with this last week in Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter uh, 6. He says, when you pray, go into your innermost closet. And pray to the Father who is in secret. And the Father who sees in secret will do what rewards you in the open. So it's about results. It's about getting results. Let's go to Jeremiah 33. And I've got two more scriptures and I'll be done. Jeremiah 33. He is everywhere. And he is just wanting someone. His people. To invite him in, no matter what season, or no matter what occasion. Jeremiah 33, verse 1. It says, Moreover, the, Lord, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was shut up in the courts of the prison. See, someone else who's in prison, and he's writing, and this word is coming to him a second time. Verse 2 says, Thus says the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Verse 3, call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you know not of. What is it? Call unto me. So here, here Jeremiah is in prison, and he has the audacity. God says, call unto me. Call unto me. Invite me. Call unto me, and I will answer you. Invite me right into the middle of your situation, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things. I will show you great and mighty things. Meaning it's not just going to be something that's going to be a thought, but you're going to see something. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you great and mighty things. When you invite me, it allows me to show you some things. And so what was he, he going to show him? What, what was the great and mighty things? I'm glad you asked. In verse 4, he talks about the enemy being defeated. I'm going to read the list of these. What, what were the great and mighty things? And you can find these through verse 1 through verse 9. So when you call upon me, I will answer you and I'll show you great, great and mighty things. What are the great and mighty things? I will defeat your enemy. Hallelujah. Verse 7 says, I will cause the captivity of Judah. Actually, verse 6. Behold, I will bring it health and cure, and I will cure them and will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. 
So let me read this list. I will defeat your enemy. I will bring you health and wholeness. I will bring you the abundance of peace. I will fill your original purpose. I will forgive and cleanse you. All the nations shall hear the good that I will do. Your enemy will tremble because of all the good and all the peace, prosperity and security and the stability that I'll provide. And all this is a result of inviting God right in the midst of wherever you are. When you invite him in, when you invite him in, it allows him to defeat your enemy. When you invite him in, he will bring abundance of peace. When you invite him in, he can bring about healing. When you invite him in, he will bring about prosperity and stability in your life. It's just an invitation. It's an invitation. Go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. He's everywhere. He just wants you to invite him in. Every season. Oh, Father, we invite you in this house. We invite you in this church body to show us great and mighty things. Thank you, Father. We invite you as, a, as their pastor, Father. I invite you into their, their lives, their homes to show them great and mighty things. Oh, we thank you for this position that we have, Father. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38, it says, Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him, talking about Jesus, received Jesus into her house. Now, that word probably could be invited, right? He and she invited Jesus. She welcomed Jesus to have access to her life, right? Verse 39, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about by much serving and came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered, Martha, Martha, you're careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary's chosen the good part, which should not be taken away from her. Now think about this in the context of what we're talking about. Here, Martha invites Jesus in, but yet isn't receiving what Jesus came to provide. Here, Martha... Invited Jesus into her secret place. Invited the the master there. Invited the savior there. See, it's possible to invite him into your life, but not do what he's telling you to do. It's possible to invite him into your life, but 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 not really receive what he wants to do. She invited, Martha invited him into the house... And she's, she's going around serving, which really is a good thing. And you know what? In daily life, it can be the same thing. You know, we're, God, we, we, we know we have a secret place. We know we have, we have access to the Father. We know we have a right to the Father. We know we have these things. But how come, but how, too often we become so busy. We don't receive what the Master came to bring. See, here Jesus there is to bring is there, just like in Jeremiah's day, to bring the abundance of peace, to bring understanding, to bring revelation, to bring joy, to bring prosperity, bring stability, but yet Martha's still serving. 
You know, and just, you know, I'm not, you know, I, as the Lord gets, you know, deals with me personally, you know, I just need to just share with you. It's like, Justin, you're, 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 you've become too busy sometimes. You could become too busy doing things that you're not resting in your position. See, where was Mary? Mary was at the feet, hearing what the master had to say. Hearing what the master wanted to do. Hearing the nature and character of his father God. And yet Martha's missing it all because she's busy. Jesus says, Mary's chosen that choice part. Mary's chosen that good part. What's the good part? The secret place. The good part is that relationship. I'm telling you, we get too busy. Me included. Thank you, Father. Don't allow your busyness to keep you from the best position you can rest in. Cleaving unto God, staying connected to God and faithful to God. I mean, it is, it, is, it is the best position to overcome and succeed in life. And it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a place of doing, it's just a place of being. We're, we're human beings, we're not human doings. Too often we try to be what he's already made us. Like Eve. When all he wants to do is just have a relationship with us. As he said, I'm everywhere, Justin. I'm just looking for someone to invite me in, no matter what their season, no matter what the occasion. I know it's like a, like a sobering thing here, but it's, it's a sweet presence here because really it's his it's God pulling on our heartstrings, saying, I want a relationship with you. That's what Jesus was wanting. He, he, ha- he was communicating with, with Mary and saying, Martha, Martha, you're, you are so overtaken by things that aren't eternal. You're so overtaken by things because you know what? This day is going to pass, but you know what? I'm not going to be here much longer. Yeah, you don't worry about if the toast is burnt. It's okay. Because, you know what, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I've got to continue on my journey. I like what Gloria Copeland used to say when the Lord was, would tell her about the importance of spending quality time with God. And, and she would get so flustered with raising kids and, and things. And she was like, I, I, I don't know how to do that. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do that. And the Lord ministered to her and said, said, tithe your time. And if you just start your day... With taking some time with me, everything will be taken care of. And as she took that step to, to, to receive that invitation from God, she was amazed how she got more done than she ever got before when she didn't do that. And I want to encourage us as a church body, let's, let's, let's rest in our secret place. It's a place of prayer. It's a place where he's invited us 
but it's a place where we invite him to have relationship with him. Oh, Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for the challenge that it brings. We thank you that it brings us up to another level of living. And everyone stand to your feet. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we invite you into our lives. We invite you in to work, to move, to minister. We make room for you. We make room for you. Too often we do things backwards. We try to find room for things. It's almost like God is just another, another thing on our schedule, another thing on a calendar. But I believe if we make him a priority, and I believe that he'll help us shape everything else in our lives. And I want to say to you what Jesus said to Martha, you have one thing needful. One thing. It's not a list of 30 things. I think it was God saying amen, maybe, I don't know. It's not a list of 30 things. It's a list of one thing. One. One. I like lists. (laughs) Lists can keep me organized. It shows me what I have to do. I've always been a doer, a doer, a doer, a doer. And and I could do this, please this person, do that and these things. And and, and trying to perfect everything in my life. And and everything look just right. And and all those things. and, And realizing if I just know I have one thing. Yeah, I know you have responsibilities in life. This, this isn't a message about, hey, quit your job and, 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 just, and just sit home and pray all day. That's, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. This is about doing life with God, not, not making God just like another thing in our life. It's making him the thing in our life, not just a thing. And, 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 it's, and it's allowing him to be a part of our decisions, allowing him to be a part of, of healing our emotions and healing our hurts and our wounds. And, and so, but you have to invite him there and you have to give him a place in there. You have to give him a place in here. He, he's in, in, in our hearts and, and he, he, he's not a God that's far away. He's a God that's up close and personal. You're like, well, I don't know how to hear God's voice. Well, let me just encourage you, get quiet enough to hear it. In your own personal quiet time, do this sometime. Just, just enter into a time of worship and praise and, and, and just seeking the Lord. Ask a question and then get quiet enough, long enough. And wait for an answer. And there's going to be something that will come. There's the only way I can put it. Down on the inside of you. Everyone close your head for a moment. Close your heads. <laughs> Bow your heads. Close your eyes. We can laugh in church. Just, just for a moment, I, I want you to s- repeat this after me. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I'm thankful for you, Holy Spirit. I love you, Lord. Do you really love me? Say that. Do you really love me?
Now get quiet. What do you hear down on the inside of you? Some of you might have heard from the foundation of the world. Some of you heard, always have and I always will. Some people heard, yes, and I've forgiven you. That's his presence right there, man. It's amazing when you invite him in and you give him room, he shows up. I can only do so much in the natural, man. But, man, what he can do in your heart. And he's just saying, there's just one thing needful. Just one thing needful, Heather. Just one thing needful, George. One thing needful, Rochelle. One thing needful, Darren. Thank you for taking us higher. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you. We love you. Jason Roman, can you come here? got here this morning the Lord said I I want you to give this watch away and I'll I'll show you to who at the right time and you probably have a lot bigger risk than I do so I have the other links at home but and he said when I give this to you I said I I wouldn't know what I'm going to say until you got, got up here so the Lord wants me to tell you that your time, his time, your time is in his hands. It's time to go forward. It's time to move forward into the calling that I placed upon your life. This is a new time and this is a new season. The amazing thing about me is I redeem the time. Like nothing was ever, nothing was ever happened. Like you didn't miss a beat, that you didn't miss a step. And this time is not going to be a time of striving, but it's going to be a time of resting because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My time, your time are in my hands. It's time to go forward. In Jesus' name.
Rekindle the passion. Rekindle the fire. Rekindle. that word is for other people in here as well. Mm. Mm. Your time is in his hands. Don't be limited by time. Too often we're limited by the time about our past. We're limited by what we can't get done in the present. And we're limited by the unexpected, the, the unexpected things of the future. And the Lord says, don't limit me because of your past. Don't limit me because of where you are in your present. And don't limit me because you can't figure out the future. My times are in your hands. That's what he says to us. And I can multiply things in a moment. I can multiply things in a moment. As Amos says, I can do things so fast your head will swim. I can do it in a moment. I can bring it to pass in a moment. I can bring that relationship to pass in a moment. I can bring that spouse to pass in a moment. I can bring healings to pass in a moment. I can give you direction in a moment. The only thing is, is you need to know the one thing needful. Because the one thing needed is the only thing that you'll do for eternity. If you believe that was for you, just receive it. Receive it and allow healing to begin. Allow, allow your heart to be healed. Allow your emotions to be healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rejoice in the fact that he's not done with you. Rejoice in the fact that the greater days are ahead of you. Rejoice in the fact that this year the faithful will flourish and it shall be like days of heaven on earth. Hallelujah. Rejoice, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice and know that the Lord is at hand. Realize that you're unified with him. Hallelujah. The faithful will flourish. The faithful will thrive. The faithful will expand. The faithful. And it will be like days of heaven on earth. Mm. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. If you receive this word this morning, give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah.